0: Welcome to the Embodied Business Revolution podcast with myself, Polly Lavarello, created for entrepreneurs and online business owners who know that business gets to be different from what we've been told. Join me and my entrepreneurial guests for insights into how they've created wild success while dropping the hustle and honoring their well-being. Because I believe that success is more than a financial destination. It's how we get to feel every day. Welcome to the Embodied Business Revolution podcast. Myself, Polly Lavarello. I'm so excited to be inviting on Vicky Schilling. Vicky is not just my friend. She is also a wellness business mentor, helping health health practitioners turn their expertise into income. She's dedicated to making well-being solopreneurship as simple and supported as possible, in a world of advice overwhelm. She shares tips and straight-talking action steps through her Just Start Now book, an award-nominated podcast, Community and One-to-One men- Mentoring. So wonderful to have you here, Vicky. Um, I invited Vicky on because I've been in Vicky's world a while now, probably for about the last two years, actually, since I started my journey in online business, Vicky and my world has kind of crossed over in many different ways. And one of the things I've always really admired about Vicky is the simplicity that she injects into how she communicates and how she supports people in such a refreshing way, in in the way I just referenced, getting away from the overwhelm. And there's some really intriguing topics I want to jump into around building a business without social media. So many things, so many things. But let me just hand over to you first, Vicky. Welcome to the podcast, and I'd love for you to, in your own words, kind of introduce yourself and where you're at in your business right now.
1: Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Polly. We're talking <laughs> all the time in voice notes and on exciting topics that we feel passionate about. So it's nice to, for other people to be able to tap in, hopefully, and get get something from our conversations. Mm. Um, yeah, I kind of, kind of you did my little introduction. And I guess that my real focuses on helping people like we said health practitioners so a lot of my clients are things like health coaches nutritionists nutritional therapists uh, yoga teachers personal trainers stuff like that and I think the, the passion piece for me comes from seeing a lot of those people qualify um, and then be really excited and then really able to impact the world and people's health and then not having a clue because they haven't been trained or taught or shown in any great detail or in a supportive manner through their colleges how to actually get customers, get clients and build a business that actually works. And actually, you know, we were talking, and I know you're passionate about people not burning out and having a sustainable business like I am, that a lot of the colleges and training facilities are actually – in some ways, undermining their students ability to do that, they will often teach them to just do drop in sessions, you know, give very much and embody the message of well, you're never going to make a full time income. And this might be a nice little Saturday hobby. Um, you know, you can't expect people to pay more than 50 pounds a session, that kind of mentality, where it does become completely relentless, completely, burnout central because if you do even manage to get clients in through the door you're not charging them enough money to pay the bills especially with cost of living and everything um, increasing and and just enjoy your work and have a great impact doing that so I feel like quite a lot of my work is not only teaching and filling that gap in from I'm newly qualified how do I get clients but it's also a bit of re-education often in how to set yourself up and think like a business owner that is creating a business and structures and products and services and pricing that actually makes you happy and helps serve your customers at the
0: same time. I love this. And it's such a beautiful mission, supporting people who are doing, who have such valuable tools and supporting people in a way that's so needed. You know, when you think about the NHS and how overstretched it is and how there's nothing in there that is preventative. Um, I know myself having suffered from various chronic health issues, how much how indispensable it has been working with nutritional therapists and the like so I think what you do is invaluable but I'd love to know from your perspective what what brought you into this particular niche supporting you know wellness practitioners and therapists and so on so, on, so forth what, what 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 journey took you here what was your motivation behind that
1: Yeah, it's a great question because this is not what I have always done. I spent 10 years actually working in the classical music industry in London. So I was working for orchestras, managing orchestras. And the last job I had for the last four years was international touring. So I was doing a lot of travel, a lot of time in Asia and went to South America and around Europe and organizing, taking very large you know, groups of people, 100 people and lots of musical instruments and you know, arriving in different cities and getting people in and out of hotels. So there was all of that going on in my life. Um, and I was struggling with my health. I was struggling particularly with digestive issues. I'd had IBS, irritable bowel syndrome on and off for a long time, but it was really getting to quite an unmanageable level um you know very uncomfortable bloating during the afternoon sat in the office especially when you're off international touring not needing to run for the bathroom and not know what's going Mm. on with your stomach and your digestion is not a happy comfortable place and obviously the sort of stress and the way I was working was all impacting that so for me it kind of came to a a bit of a head and I wanted to address it turned 30 I think you know that real like this I don't want to be like this anymore there must be another way um and actually just signed up for signed up to Pinterest and signed up to social media onto Instagram and said right I'm going to start looking for people that can help me make some adjustments make some changes make some dietary changes I I focused on first I'm a big foodie and I felt like the whole thing was like unlocking a whole world that I just did not know existed I'd been very much my parents and musicians been very much in in the classical music industry, that's who I was and what I did. And joining social media and seeing all these incredible people training as health coaches, as nutritionists, and you know recipe development, and completely reimagining what they could do was—it was oh, it's like Pandora's box. It was like nothing I'd ever—I just didn't even know that it was a thing. I didn't even know any of this existed. And I could see all these people quitting their jobs because they were so su- successful on on social media, helping people with their health. And I was just so inspired. So. I carried on working in in the music industry, but um, started a blog, sharing my own journey with my IBS, um, just networking and meeting people and even shadowing, like, do I want to be a health coach? Do I want to be a nutritionist? Like, asking and exploring and, you know, really immersing myself in it as much as possible. And when I I moved from London to Ireland, to Dublin, um, to move with my boyfriend, now husband, um, and saw it as an opportunity really to go – why don't I just see what happens? I love this industry. I don't really know what my place is here yet, but I love these people. I love what they're doing. I love the impact they're having. It's had a huge impact on me and how I feel about my health and my body and my mind. Um, I want to help. So really it was an, an exploration from there. I kind of knew I didn't want to go back to school. I wasn't I'm never interested in the science of it. I didn't yeah. want to do nutrition. <laughs> And actually what I realized when I was writing my blog was no one was really making my recipes or asking me about how to be healthy. They were asking me, how did you set the website up and how did you get your mailing list working and how are you using social media? And I loved helping them with all of that stuff. It was all self-taught. And so it really came from there in terms of realizing I want to help these people. I want to be involved in this industry, but I don't think I'm the one to be the practitioner. I think I'm the one to help the practitioners get their message out there be more confident understand and value themselves more um, and do it that way I I did run retreats for a time I ran health blogger events and eventually just set up on my own helping people in in the way that I I know best so it's a very personal passion for me to help these kind of people because I know the impact they can have.
0: I love that and it's so reflected in your brand you know the phrase just start now It's that self-awareness you had of what you had to bring to this and that it wasn't necessarily being what you admire so much, but it was about supporting those who are doing that to help them have a bigger impact, bringing your experience, your kind of strategical mindset, plus this very practical, let's get things done, let's break them down into uh, kind of bite-sized, digestible chunks so that actually it's not so overwhelming anymore and you do create the progress you desire I just think it's enormously inspiring and I actually just love one of the things I really admire about your business and your brand is the clarity that, you know, it's such a simple and easy to understand concept, but you truly are the embodiment of just start now to the extent that obviously at one point it almost burnt you out. So that those kind of skills that you brought to the music world, you, that you then have kind of brought through into what you do now, but obviously in a way that lights you up and where you also, you know, taking on board. The lessons of those who you're supporting and learning to nourish yourself and balance yourself and one of the things I found really fascinating about watching you and your business alongside who it is you're supporting and how you support them is the way that you yourself show up on social media and the evolution that that journey has been for you I know social media is um it's a bit I'm not even I don't sure if Marmite's the correct term <laughs> whether you love it or hate it I don't think anyone maybe some people love it I have, I'm yet to meet many of them I think people either live with it <laughs> or hate yeah. it um, but it's been really interesting to watch you because you, like you say you're very skilled and knowledgeable about how to use all of these platforms you're like an encyclopedia of digital marketing really um, but you have been very selective about how you use that and obviously when we you know we talk about the embodied business revolution it's about how we build our businesses in a way that aligns to taking care of ourselves and building our business designed in a way that matches us and our personality and our desires and what we want to get to so i'd really love for you to share what what your journey with social media has been like
1: um i agree with you i don't i don't know any person that absolutely adores it in every sense um, of it. I think certainly for me, so it was 2016 when I kind of ventured onto Instagram for the first time and I was incredibly inspired by it, but it is a place naturally that raises comparison. And I think we're all hyper aware of that, that you feel less than and the kind of nature of it is that you're looking at other people who seem to or portraying the idea that they've got a much more fabulous life than you do and, and leaves you wanting a little bit. However, for me, when I joined, I was just like I said. I was amazed at all these people doing these incredible things, and the connection, the the lovely like building relationships stuff that could happen. And I would then go along to health blogger events and meet these real people, you know, real humans. They were some of my very dear friends still now that have watched the whole evolution of everything that I've done. So I, I definitely, it, for me, it helped me find my voice. It helped. It gave me a, a community. It inspired me, um, and it helped keep me accountable actually really when i was getting started to what i was doing and what i was eating and what i was sharing and you know really learning and absorbing from other people and i've i've always loved it and i never i never said i that i wouldn't uh, there's not a point where i see at the moment it does occasionally drop into my mind i have to say this year um that i wouldn't use it at all but I think naturally the way certainly things like Facebook, Instagram have gone is paid for. You know, the reach that you get now, the ability to raise and grow following is much harder. It's getting much harder to do that organically anyway without having to pay for it. So I think what can happen is people join we have the promise of you can reach all these millions of people billions of people that are on it and then very quickly slump into no one seeing my content you know i'm fighting against the algorithm no one's watching anything that i'm pouring hours of of time and energy into and particularly The people that I work with as health practitioners, they're actually advocating to their clients spend less time on social media, spend Mm. more time away from your screen, spend more time in nature, spend more time reading books and preparing food and doing things that you that lift you up and make you feel good. And then it feels like the antithesis for them to then build a business on a platform that is not somewhere that they want would spend time personally or would recommend to their clients. It feels a bit hypocritical. So Whilst I've really benefited from it, I felt very inspired by it. It certainly set me up in a a huge number of ways and started my audience. I've become very aware that it's not something we can rely on. I wanted to build, I've, I've always been very passionate about having a website and having a mailing list and having other ways that people can find you and connect with you and build that sense of connection with you um away from social media because we're not in control of it and it is very frustrating i know currently we're recording this in october 2022, there is a big shift in the algorithm, and sometimes my stories get 40 likes, and sometimes they get follows or views, and sometimes they get 400 views the next day. And I like we're just not in control of it, and it does make bring me back to: Am I working on my search engine optimization? Is my website getting found? Am I building my mailing list? Am I doing other things and getting in front of other audiences that don't doesn't rely on social media? And that's what I like to help clients with as well. It's an amazing tool; it can be super powerful, but it definitely shouldn't be the one thing that you rely on.
0: Yeah, and I like having. It prompted you to even create p- programs to support people to do that, to to be able to create a business that is outside of social media. And you yourself, you've taken, haven't you taken two one month long breaks off social media this year? I mean, that, that can seem. I say seem, I think it is incredibly brave, to be honest with you. I think particularly when we know, like you say, the hours that we plow into building visibility on these platforms. And like you say, the relationships and all of those things, there, there can be a big fear around stepping away from social media. And particularly if most of your referrals are coming through online, and for certainly in my case, I would say probably about 95% of sales inquiries begin on in my Instagram DMs. So I'd love to know kind of what the thought process was for you behind that and how you supported yourself. I mean I I I would love to know firstly if there were any doubts around it and secondly how how you overcame those doubts to to be that boundary and to take that time out and and what the impact was afterwards.
1: Yeah, I get asked this a lot, you know, did did you see a knock on impact? Did it affect your business and I think, so my first break I took last summer, I think it had reached that point. I'd started in 2016 and I'd got to, what was that? Summer 2021. um, And I, did feel just exhausted with creating the content, being on it present and constantly. I'd had a baby in 2020 as well, and you're hyper aware when you have a small child around you how much you're staring at this screen and picking it up and being distracted by it and not being present and in the moment. And I knew there's lots of things I wanted to be doing on my business, but if I added up all the, we well, don't even need to add it up. You look on the bloody screen of what Instagram tells you, and I've spent four hours on Instagram today. What can I dump that four hours instead? So, I, for me, it was like I'm going to go cold turkey. July and August completely off it. It's time that finally I was meeting my family and they were getting to meet my baby after COVID. Um, it was a time that I knew would be naturally quiet for quieter for clients and people being on their social media anyway. Um, and so I just deleted the app and, and I was, I'm fairly disciplined person in my, in myself. I just said two months, I just don't go on it. Um, and, I really got to that point just because I didn't like how distracted I was and how much other stuff I could do. I think the biggest benefit to me when I came out of the end of that was how much more confident I was in myself and my own abilities and trusting and going with what I wanted to put out there, what I wanted to promote, what product would be next, what how I would market it and what I would talk about. Because like we said, with the comparison piece, it's very easy to be working on something, pick up the phone and see someone else that claims to have been doing it 17 times better than you. And, you know, with even more customers and even more money. And then you just think, oh, God, what the hell am I doing? Um, Where I felt like I really didn't have that, that voice wasn't in my head, which felt really lovely and really liberating and um, refreshing when I wasn't on it. I don't have as many, I, I wouldn't, I really believe, I was going to say, I don't have 95% of my inquiries come through Instagram. I really believe that people need those, uh, it varies now, doesn't it? Seven to 14 touch points from you. They're saying minimum these days because we're bombarded with so much information before they're ready to buy from you. So I see Instagram and social media as just one part of what helps people make the decision to buy from me. Mm. So I don't see it as my only stream of inquiries. It's definitely a big part and it helps people build that know, like and trust with me. But I also trust that usually when I get talk to the, talking to them, they do say I follow you on Instagram, but then they also say, I also saw you speak on this thing or I heard you on this podcast or so and so mentioned you or I came across you or I Googled you and found you on, on the website or I saw you were mentioned by blah, blah, blah. So I know that my full spectrum full marketing plan is working which means if I choose to step away like I definitely will have the whole of December off I think social media again it's the month that I tend to to immerse myself in Christmas and holiday and being with family I, I absolutely <laughs> trust that my business will still be there people will still find me they can sign up for my mailing list find loads of content on my podcast and my website and get to know me that way rather than needing to be present on social media for that month.
0: Yeah. And that's actually a really beautiful example of how, as much as um, a lot of um, entrepreneurs, particularly in the holistic space, because I likewise support quite a few in, a, in holistic wellbeing space, there can be some kind of ooh feelings around having systems and processes. But what you just referred to there, knowing that people can be joining your mailing list, that they're going to continue receiving content from you, um, and that there's all sorts of things that people can be learning about working with you, without you actually really having to touch a button or be present or share a post is really, really powerful. And that's, you know, when we talk about freedom in business, that is one of the things that creates that. So while I know quite often there can be some limiting beliefs and blocks around building these things, they are really powerful. Um, So I, I love that. And I know that's obviously one of the things that you support your clients with to kind of create the same freedom. And you are, you're embodying what you're supporting them to do as well. So it's really beautiful to kind of see that knock-on effect. And I really would like to go back to where you were just mentioning comparison, because I think that is such a big blocker for so many people. I, I found actually interesting, and particularly in the therapy space, there's a lot of sometimes judgment from peers, um, which I don't see for, with all the clients I support. But certainly in the therapy space, there's, you know, I, I see money blocks around not what their clients will think, but what their peers may think. Um, And certainly, like you say, this is where Instagram can be quite detrimental, whether it's looking at your competitors or whether it's just getting distracted by all these silver bullet type adverts that we see kind of going, you having a hard day is money not coming in, do my five day challenge to like totally transform your business. And, you know, we all know consistency is such a big piece here. Um, But the comparison thing is huge. And I think, like you say, people really easily get sucked down a kind of rabbit hole of social media and they don't recognize how much of it's actually coming in. And I'd love to know for you, you know, you say when you come back, it kind of has altered your approach to social media and the kind of the way your creative ideas are coming through when you're taking that time out. Are there any boundaries you've put in place in regards to now that you are back on social media that limits your consumption and increases your creativity so that you have that fresh inspiration that is purely self-sourced rather than a reaction to what we're seeing online?
1: Yeah. I think um, I'm going to throw out total honesty and also like a healthy dose of... um reality checking around social media which is it is designed to hook us in and keep us addicted to it and 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 looking at it all the time because it's the attention economy they Mm -hmm. make their money and they are very good at keeping us on it so I would love to be able to say Polly I came off for two months and now all I do is only pick up my phone for 20 minutes a day and engage with people and then come away and I feel fabulous but I'm just as human as everybody else is and naturally I get sucked into it sat next to me I'm struggling with what, what words to write in my email I'll just have a quick check on Instagram Mm. so I I think I'm I'm very I'm more aware of seeing when that happens I'm certainly I've culled a lot of people that do not lift me up or make me feel good I mute people relentlessly if they're making me feel less than or I'm comparing myself to them Um, and I think everyone should do that liberally as well rather than feeling bad about it Um, even if they are your friends and your peers. And I will honestly say I've done that to people who I very much admire and I want all the best for them. But sometimes I just find it not very helpful and quite triggering to just focus on me and what I'm doing and what I'm you know, trying to produce in the world. So I think that's how I would say I I treat social media now. I spend less, less time on it. I engage when I'm on it and actually talk to people and create content on it rather than spending time consuming everybody else's. And then in terms of like, where other ideas come from it's it's finding other spaces where people inspire you and lift you up or to be quite frank just away from all of it where your brain can just work in a completely different way you know how many ideas come to you when you're staring at a blank screen you know you're trying to write your next Instagram caption or find your next idea for a reel or whatever it's usually when I'm pottering around the house or doing something with my daughter or you know, just away from it or working with a client, you know, chatting to clients. I'm like, I've got loads of ideas. Great. Okay. Well, you know, go and create those pieces of content rather than, staring at what everybody else is doing all the time and I absolutely hear you the the voices I most hear are it's fear of judgment and unfortunately with Instagram if you're a nutritional therapist for example if you put that in your profile Instagram will go do you want to follow these 20 million other nutritional therapists and all you do is stare all your life at other nutritional therapists and how great their businesses seem to be and then you just get adverts from business coaches telling you how you should be running your business and you forget there's actual real human beings in there in that you know, in that that are, are usually anonymous or quiet or they're lurkers or ghost followers or whatever you want to call them. And they're the people that actually you need to be showing up for and creating the content for.
0: Yeah, totally. I always find that, you know, I sometimes feel like I'm one among many and then I'll walk down my street or go to an event at my kid's school or even just, you know, go to any kind of event where I meet and I'm suddenly when I'm trying to suddenly explain who I am and what I do to people because it doesn't make sense outside of the kind of the Instagram world. And that's when I take a moment to recognize there are so many people out there, so many people potential clients and actually so few of us but it can feel like you say the algorithm can give a, put us in an echo chamber that leaves us feeling like we're shouting out <laughs> among a horde of people and actually there's there is enough clients for all of us always and the ability to kind of filter that that voice like you say that fear of judgment in us inside our head is, is really a powerful one and I also really like we share that you know that real honesty around the fact that You know, it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to be able to do it. And actually what's obviously been effective for you is the cold turkey effect of just giving, knowing that you have that. It's almost like having a holiday, (laughs) you know, you know, you have that coming up so you can allow a little bit here or there. I'm a bit like that with drinking sometimes. Like right now I'm going through a month of not drinking. Sometimes I'll do two. Sometimes I'll do three. But, because I know Christmas is coming up, and I'll probably drink a bit more than usual. I'm just having a little bit of a breather beforehand. And it's easier for me to have nothing at all than it is to tell myself, I'll just have one glass on the weekend because <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's, you know, really similar with social media. All these things, like you say, that they're there. they're designed to be kind of addictive. And it is, in some ways, you know, this is the kind of plus a negative side of it because, You don't want to be comparing yourself all the time. And at the same time, the sense of community you can build when you are looking at other people's accounts, where you are communicating with them. And, you know, there is the odd flash of inspiration. And I also believe like at the stage that you're at in business and similar for myself is, you know, there's potential partnerships and collaborations out there that you're not going to discover unless you do allow yourself to be part of that community. So you are right. I think it's really, really challenging to find that balance. Um, yeah, and you also really they casually were... threw in having a baby in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, which that was know. a lockdown project as well. <laughs> and you were relatively new in in the business space right, in terms of this this pivot when you had your baby. Right, how long had your business existed when you um, fell pregnant? I
1: suppose I'd been doing it as in I'd quit all of my regular, uh, even contract uh, classical music work at the beginning of 2019 so I'd been going for a year but I'd still been picking up contract music work um was still figuring it out was still doing my coaching qualification like you know running retreats and things I was still very much finding my feet in 2019 so I was like 2020 is gonna be my year like it's gonna be this is me stepping into it and then obviously COVID hit and then we found out we were pregnant
0: (laughs) yeah it was a bit of a curveball I mean the the, the pandemic was enough of a curveball for me I can't imagine throwing a baby on top of that and I remember looking at your stories and just being. Endlessly inspired by the amount you managed to pack into one day, <laughs> all these little kind of ticks that you have there. I'm like, how does one woman create so many things? And it was really inspiring to see how you adapted to having a baby. And, and certainly for me, I could definitely, from the outside in, and obviously this is why I'm interested to hear from you, it seemed to me there were definitely some priorities that were shifting and perhaps a kind of more concentrated focus around the parts that were most important. But I'd love to hear from you, like, how would you say having a baby's impacted? the way you show up in online business aside from obviously what we've just discussed around screen time and social media?
1: I think it's that classic thing of, um, Prioritization, which actually is a really big part of what I help people with. I hear far too many people say, I don't have time. I don't have time for that. I haven't got time for that. And I, I've, it's, a, it's a phrase that I've banned from my own vocabulary. I've very much replaced that with, that's not a priority right now. Mm-hmm. And if that if it feels uncomfortable, then I need to have a look at actually, well, what am I prioritizing higher than whatever it is that I've told myself I don't have time to do right now? So I think having a baby has made me focus on what the priorities are. When I do get time to work, what are the most important things that I need to get done? And also that shift that comes naturally, like before I had her and while I was um, pregnant, I was working predominantly one-to-one with clients, which I absolutely adore and I don't see stopping, but it's not sustainable to do that all the time, be on calls all all hours of the day. if i want to have a flexible life where i can do things with her and you know travel or you know just just be available if she gets sick or needs me or i'm eventually she'll get to an age where i want to go and see a school play or you know whatever it is that i want that kind of flexibility so it was shifting the business into like really spending quite a lot of 2020 trying to i like work out what my membership model was you know my group program like having another way to help people in a way that didn't require me to be on calls five hours a day and said just be on calls once a week or something where I just need a tiny bit of childcare cover and then i um, shifting it to that where I can support people but just in a different in a different model so I think that's how it's shifted things um yeah
0: I mean you're a bit of a superwoman because alongside all of that you also managed to publish a book <laughs> tell, tell me more um, about that <laughs>
1: well I think the honest thing to say about um, 2021 then was so I had her in November 2020 so I took three months off Mm. which I'm sure people will have opinions about but that worked for me um, and then went back to work in February 2021 and naturally because we didn't have any childcare at that point I was looking after her you know 6 7am through to 3pm when my husband got home and then I would do all my client calls in the afternoon between 3 and 6 7pm and then work perhaps in the evenings after I'd had some dinner and some tv time with my husband and naturally looking after clients was my priority and unfortunately marketing and doing more things to expand my reach and get in front of more people was not happening so it did naturally come to the point where September 2021 I had a lot less clients and that's Mm -hmm. a natural product of the fact that I hadn't been doing lots of active marketing um and so I had this lull, I guess, quite a quieter time where we finally got a childminder in place where I utilize that time to write a book. And again, I suppose it comes a little bit from what I was saying before about realizing I can help a lot more people in a consolidated way in a kind of one-to-many way and a book is a version yeah. of a what you know group program or a course or a membership or something it was I keep saying the same things to people over and over again I can see the same problems come up I see the same mindsets people need to tackle I see the same you know issues if I put this all down in one book and people read it they'll they'll know I'm not saying it will fix it immediately but they'll get my ethos they'll get the philosophy they'll get some of the nuggets of how I help people change their mindset so that's what I dedicated most of September, October, 2021 to doing and then self-published it and released it in March,
0: 2022. That's absolutely incredible. I mean, <laughs> I honestly don't know when I listen to everything you do, I'm not surprised you have the tagline just start now, because <laughs> you really are like, I, I've never known anyone who just you're, you're, you're on the go all the time, but in, from what I can see, you know, you're also nourishing yourself you're moving your body. And I know one of the things I love about following your account is those bowls you share, which are so beautifully put together. Um, it's really evident from the kind of content that you share that you really prioritize your well-being alongside all of this and that you wouldn't be able to do all of these things if you weren't doing that. You know, one of the other incredibly inspiring things I gathered from following you on social was you going to the gym and like, how like and just your health and just just how kind of radiant and kind of energized you you were kind of becoming more increasingly so as you continued and also I guess your your real honesty I, I love that you know you know that Instagram's a very shiny space so while you share your wins you're equally happy to share the vulnerability behind that journey from you know how you felt after having a child and the fitness journey alongside that and I, I would love for you to share a bit about this because I think this is something that a lot of people neglect and listening to you right now they might we, I'm, I'm talking a lot about a lot of the things that you're doing, but I think, you know, as you and I both know, a lot of success is about who you are being rather than what you are doing. So I'd love to speak more about who you be <laughs> in your business. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, I agree with you. I think that's, it's really important. I'm reading Atomic Habits at the moment and got to that chapter where James Clear talks about that, that actually habit changing isn't just the things that you're doing. And it's very much what I talk to my clients about. Well, I can teach you all the practical things to do, but who, who, Who are you and what do you believe in and who is... Who is the person doing all of these practical things? If you don't know that person and love that person and look after that person, all the practical things in the world are not actually gonna get you the results that you want. I think I'd also like to caveat it with saying, definitely I'm not a poster child for perfect, healthy balance You know, with my work and my life. I love my work. I think that's the clear thing that I'm sure does come across. And people always say you're extremely passionate and excited about what you do. And I would do it if I didn't need to sleep, Polly. I would just literally eat, sleep and breathe it and do it every single minute of the day because I I love it and I always think there's I just think there's so much content I could create, so much stuff I can do. It's sometimes tough to to get that balance and step away from the desk and get yourself to the gym or go for a walk or go and make that lunch. So I, I think for me, again, it comes back to that prioritization of realizing I'm very, I'm acutely aware now, particularly after that journey with IBS and looking at my diet and my lifestyle, that if I don't go to the gym, if I don't go and move my body in some way, I am horrible to be around. I am miserable. I feel like everything is falling apart. And it's, I mean, there's, there's a part of that's hormonal and it's cyclical as well. But I know if I have three, four days where I don't get up from the desk and I don't move, I feel like everything's falling apart. So I know I need it. I know I need it. I know it won't feel great to get up at, you know, quarter to six in the morning to get to the gym, but I do it because then I feel great for the rest of the day and I'm a better, you know, mentor and mother and whatever else I need to be during the day. I love food, so that probably makes it easier. I Anyone following my saga at the moment, I have bought a new house, which is a huge project, and we're waiting for a new fridge to arrive, which I'm hoping will inspire me as well to... You know, eat eat brilliantly as well. But again, that's something that I prioritize doing. It's a non negotiable for me. Same as the gym time. It's an absolute non negotiable. What I spend my money on and how I prioritize my time is eating really lovely food and making sure I've got lots of variety. And I'm lucky; I've got clients that inspire me all the time and share great recipes and stuff. So yeah, again, it's priorities for me. And, and knowing I know myself quite well now. When you work for yourself, by yourself. You can see the habits (laughs) and the cycles that you get into. And I'm absolutely no good if I don't move and eat well.
0: I love that. And I love how you, I I often find sometimes when I talk to guests, they make things sound easy. Um, and I know that while well, many of us know that we're not at our best and we don't move our bodies when we don't nourish ourselves, and we can see the patterns when we're, you know, sitting there overeating, you know, eating a whole packet of biscuits and having a, like too many cups of tea while furiously typing away on, a, on, a, on your you know, laptop versus getting outside and getting some fresh air and, you know, eating that nourishing meal. We know the difference yet some, so often we'll find ourselves falling back into those almost self-sabotaging habits, um, which can also be comfortable. Like I, I certainly am like occasionally I just tell myself my inner child really wants some chocolate right now and, and a hot chocolate. And that's what, that's what I need. But I think it's that self-awareness of understanding what you need. Um, and I just love that, that kind of discipline behind you doing that. And I also think one of the things I find really refreshing, just listening to you is confessing that, you know, you love the work you do. And if you could not sleep and just work all the time, you would. And I think there's almost some shade on that in the online business space. And a lot of us want to give the illusion of only, you know, working four hour weeks, which, you know, I did in August when I was away in, you know, in Greece, because there probably wasn't, there wasn't really many alternatives because the Wi-Fi was a bit shoddy. Certainly not when I'm working in September and October. (laughs) I'm working far more normal hours. It's nice to build a business that gives you the opportunity to do things like have a month long social media break, or you know, work for hour, you know, work a four hour day in the summer when you want to have more time with your children. But ultimately, um, I think there's still a thing around the fact that if you love what you do, there does actually need to be some self discipline about <laughs> when to stop and how to prioritize time with friends, time with family, and stuff like that. So I love that you're really transparent about that because um, I just think there's. I think there's more of us out there than than many of us like to let on. And I think one of the truths about online business is that it's very easy. I, I, I can find that, you know, on weekends when everyone's like, you know, not thinking about work at all, they're doing the nine to five. I'll ask them, what are they doing on Monday? And they're like, I don't know. I'll just turn up at work and I'll open my inbox and decide there and then. Well, for me, I'm constantly finding flashes of inspiration absolutely everywhere. And that's where things like hiding the phone away or going out to nature, like my my life outside of work is such a massive juxtaposition to what I do day to day. Otherwise, it's way too easy to find my mind being sucked into those kind of (laughs) those habits. I mean, where do you find yourself? I know you mentioned earlier that looking at screens, not the best place to find the inspiration, but what do you do to help you find inspiration and kind of break up that kind of perhaps overactive mind with all the ideas. How 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 are there any things that you do to, outside of the gym and nourishing yourself to kind of calm yourself and allow space for things to flow, versus well gush. <laughs>
1: not, I'm not brilliant at it because, like we said, I love I love what I do and I'm ha- like feel like I'm happy in that space. But also, I think for me it is stepping away from the phone and when you're with people being truly with people. So it's, for me, it's like that family time of truly being immersed with my daughter, with my family. I don't like, I, now I live in Ireland. I don't go back to the UK very much. So my husband always jokes that he doesn't hear from me when I go back and I go back on my own because I basically just hide my phone away and I'm truly there with people mm-hmm. like in that moment and being someone else, I guess like not being a mentor, not needing to have all the answers, not needing to try and work out what the next piece of great content should be, but actually just being, appreciated and listened to and 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 needed in in a different way with those people um and yeah just doing other nice you know again foodie stuff like going and eating lovely meals and my husband and I enjoy you know a really good pub and things like that like going other places same as you like we we're lucky we get to go to Spain quite a bit because we've got family that live out there and just Going and enjoying a different way of life. And I kind of sometimes you get so immersed in it has to be this way and I need to keep up with so and so and I need to make this much money. And then you go somewhere completely different. You're like, wow, look at this different pace of life. Like, look at this different way that things could be, or the way that other people prioritize their time and their money and what they spend their time and energy on. And actually that's really refreshing Mm -hmm. to be like, oh yeah. Like I don't have to keep putting like physically, like I don't have to put that pressure on myself. And it's not not needed all the time to keep pumping out content or doing X, Y, and Z because another practitioner says that that's what they're doing. Actually, there's there's so many different ways to
0: to live and to be. Mm, I really, really love that. And with all of this in mind, you know, obviously we've just talked about the habits and how you support yourself in business and how you kind of structure it around motherhood and the things that light you up and don't light you up in business. Obviously, this is the kind of work you do already. So one of the questions I usually ask towards the end of this podcast is if someone was starting out, bearing in mind, and I don't like to kind of say the mistakes, but let's say the learnings you've had along your journey, is there anything from your own personal experience as to how you kind of went into running your own online business to where you're at now, that if you could help someone avoid (laughs) doing that, that you would, what, what advice would you give them to somebody getting started?
1: Um, It's the cliche one from someone in our position, but it's get help, like Mm. actually go and ask and get help because you don't have to reinvent the wheel. We can all sit on our laptops and try and figure it all out and cobble it together from YouTube videos and free downloads if we want to, but that will it will literally take years. And I think I did that for six months in that year of 2019 of like, I'm clever. I'm an intelligent person. I did well academically. I'm sure I can figure this out. And after six months, I was absolutely burnt out. Couldn't figure it out. Couldn't work out how to get people to pay me and signed up to... To group programs and you know people that actually were experts in it and got some help so to fast track it because there's no need to be a martyr to it or to end up feeling like you're giving up on it and the other thing is my just start now mantra of it's lovely to think that someone's going to give you a blueprint and a plan and right just do this thing so I'm all for you know getting help and getting some advice but you've just got to give something a go like I wish I'd just given things a go even earlier. I wish I'd certainly like invested in my coaching training even earlier or just, you know, been brave and just tried something even sooner than I did because I would have been, I would have been even further along than I am now. I'm still proud of the journey and everything all added up, but just giving it a go rather than overthinking. I certainly feel Mm -hmm. like I spent, years listening to podcasts, reading all the books. I remember talking to clients like that as well. I've read all the books. I've done all the I know all the mindsets, but it's like you have to actually do the thing and see how it feels. And it's messy and it's not as you know easy and it's not as streamlined as you want it to be. And it doesn't get fast results all the time, but you just have to do it in order to know.
0: Yeah, you're right. There's something really powerful about investing in support. And similarly, when I went into online business, because I had, I think at that stage, about eight years of marketing experience, I thought, I'm a marketer, why would I need help marketing my I, I'd successfully marketed other people's businesses. But actually, it was a huge mindset shift moving from marketing other people's businesses, telling them how to do a good live to actually doing my own lives. <laughs> and you know, all the kind of little mind gremlins that kind of come out around, you know, visibility and, and, and all the kind of insecurities that can come up around that. Um, so you're so right. And, and like you say, there's so much free information on the internet, so many free workshops and challenges and you see sometimes in the early stages of online business, people ser- ser- serial challenge takers and workshop attenders, um, but still kind of chasing their tail because there's that whole thing, right, of when you're getting lots of information from lots of different places, it's really easy to just end up really overwhelmed, lots of kind of half-implemented half, half implemented strategies. And so I think that's where actually you just start now and, and what you talk about marrying strategy and mindset is so powerful because ultimately it's, it is committing to something and going all in. And when you can find a mentor that you truly trust, who is embodying the kind of values in their business that you have in your own, that can really help you stop with the kind of noise and shiny object syndrome that can come alongside trying to build an online business. And I think the other really powerful thing, which I know obviously you have with your membership is... Is that sense of community because it can feel immensely lonely um, when you when you do the kind of work we do, not really knowing anyone else who really understands what it's like to be able to say. I've had a 5k month. I've had a 10k month. I've had a 20k month. I've had a 30k month. Like, you know, it's almost embarrassing when I see like mums from the school run looking at my stories. I just think, what must they think of us? Like we drive a Ford Fiesta, you know, and I'm talking about a 30k month and they're, they're probably thinking, how do those two add up together? Like that doesn't make sense to me. Is she, is she really the real deal? Um, and of course, you know, other people in the online space get it. You know, we understand <laughs> the journey, um, but it's, it is it is a strange place to be. So it is so powerful, not just finding a community, but also finding a community where you you will have that common thread with with the mentor yourself, Vicky. Um, and I imagine a lot of Vicky's values would be the things that would, you know, draw somebody to working with you. So, so I'm like talking about you in third person and talking to you. <laughs>
1: same time <laughs> oh, but yeah you're absolutely right I think I talk to a lot of clients about that like well my my husband says this or like I get undermined there or I t- tell my mum what I'm going to do with my pricing and she says oh no no one will ever pay that or you know these people are loving and kind and they're important to you in your life but they don't get it they're not in this space they don't understand how to market and price and do it and you're right that's why running Just Start Now is so important to me because then it's a room full of people that get it when you say, I did my first ever corporate talk and I loved it. Or I got my mailing list absolutely sorted and my lead magnet out there. Or this post just really went well, well on social media. Or I, I just booked my first client. Like I'm so excited. Nobody else gets it in the same way that a whole room, you know, digital room or physical room of other people doing that will be like, oh my goodness, I get, I fully am there with you. I know what that feels like. I know the excitement that would that would bring and the joy it would bring. So that you celebrate all of that as well. It's so important because you like we can just be lonely sat on our own mostly clients just going am I going mad is this ever going to work
0: true and this feels like the perfect moment to say if you've been listening to the lovely Vicky yes you (laughs) and you're interested to learn how you can be supported by by Vicky um how can people find you best place is my
1: website um vickyshilling.com um I'm most active on instagram Unless I'm taking a month off, um, and I put that in my bio if yeah. that's the case. Um, but yeah, come and find me via my website. Um, uh, you can email me, social media me. I, I'm quite getting into my voice notes, Polly. I think my, you, I'm sure our conversations have helped that. I used to really hate them, but now actually I love them because when you're on the go and talking to lots of people, it's nice to actually build that connection. So drop me a little voice note, and yeah, we can we can talk there. My just out now community is where I send most people that are getting started in their businesses and and want that structure and support and that
0: sense of community beautiful and all the links Vicky just mentioned are all going to be in the show notes so you'll be able to find those there thank you so much Vicky for coming on today it's so refreshing to really have a better understanding of the person behind the brand and like I say you are the the perfect embodiment of what it is you do and I think what you do is just so truly inspiring and I think one of the things I found most valuable about talking with you today is acknowledging like the, the the diversity and the kind of characters who build online businesses and, and how we make them work for us. And that there's no shame in whether you're someone who wants to work a two hour working day, whether you're someone who would quite happily forego sleep to work more. that um, ultimately it's honoring yourself, your, your design, your makeup, how you wish to be, and you have truly achieved that for yourself. So thank you so much for coming on and inspiring my listeners today and like I said, if you want to learn about how you can reach out to Vicky, please check the show notes for all the appropriate links.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You have been listening to the Embodied Business Revolution podcast with myself, Polly Lavarello. Thank you so much for joining me today. And if you enjoyed today's episode and are keen to hear more, come on over and join us behind the scenes at Embodied Business Revolution on Instagram. We can't wait to say hi.